month's messages almost sounds like like a cheer for some teams. The theme for this month's messages are, we are God's church. Huh? You, you want to try that? We are not too bad, not overly enthusiastic. Well, maybe the, the Apostle Paul can encourage us in that fact of what we are, God's church, through what he wrote to the Ephesians. We heard a portion of that in our epistle reading. I'd like to share just a few verses that followed after that. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. You may follow along on the sermon outline if you like. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. We are God's church, built on a firm foundation. Have you ever felt like a, a foreigner or a stranger? Some of you who have come to this country from another country, probably felt that at one time. The language customs here, the common practices aren't common to you. You may have uh, felt like, like a stone in a brick world. Now, some of you, I know for business or pleasure, travel all around the world on a regular basis. So you probably know what it's like to, to feel like a, like a stranger or a foreigner at times. Maybe you've gotten used to it by this time. For many of us, though, the closest we get to feeling like a foreigner, maybe when you go to like a larger Costco on Center Road, and you look around and I, I see no one that looks like me, or talks like me, but that's okay. I, I'm pretty comfortable. I know I'm still in San Jose, in California. That didn't seem to be the case, though, for the Christians, at least some of them in the early church. We go to Ephesus. That Christian church, that, that group of believers that, that came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior were having trouble getting along because the, 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 the bricks... The, the, the Jewish people that have come to know Jesus and the rocks, the Gentiles, didn't seem to fit. They were different in so many ways. And they have trouble getting this idea that we are one church. We are, we are to be, be joined together as one group of believers in Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul writes them this letter. Writes them this, this letter to, to encourage them so that they can join in that cheer. You know, we are God's church together. He uses many word pictures to try to share that truth with them. And one of them is, is the picture of a building. For there to be a building, there needs to be a gathering of the building materials. So to a mix of people, some Jewish, some Gentile, Paul writes first to, to the rocks. 
when he says, you Gentiles were once foreigners. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Again, Paul is speaking specifically to, to the, the rocks, to, to the, the Gentiles, those non-Jews, many of them which would not be familiar with the various practices of the Jews. See, Paul writes in this first chapter, or this second chapter, the first verses there, he says, you really don't fit. You're, you're a rock, spiritually dead. You really fit better in Satan's castle or Satan's slum. Now, before we think less of those Gentiles, most of us at one time were like that, right? We are also foreigners. We're not a part of God's people. We're not those to whom the message of a Savior had been with for thousands of years. Well, the believing Gentiles and the believing Jews weren't getting along. They weren't being built into this one spiritual building that uh, God wanted them to be built into. So Paul says, first, acknowledge the differences. The Jews, the bricks. God had for thousands of years given them his law to guide them, to, to keep them as believers in the true God, looking forward to the promised Messiah so they would not fall away. But the, the, the rocks didn't have any of that. They didn't know anything about circumcision and, food, and foods you weren't supposed to eat and all the ceremonial laws that govern the worship of the Jewish people. So how are they going to get along? How could they get along? Paul adds, well, guess what? It's not just the rocks who are dead. He says, also, we, we, we Jewish people, all of us. And that means all of them at that time, and that means all of us today. No different, born in sin, born slaves to Satan, all started at the same place. Couldn't be a part of God's house ever. On our own, that is. Um, but that's all changed. That's all changed. Now rocks and bricks are both citizens of the true God. They are now fellow citizens. Paul writes, consequently, you are no longer foreigners, but fellow citizens with God's people. Fellow citizens. You can almost hear the bricks saying, sure, <laughs> sure, Paul. We're the same. Right. I don't think so. There's no way we can, we can be, be built into that, 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 that one spiritual building. I don't believe it. Prove it to me. So Paul goes on uh, to carry out this argument. He says, indeed, bricks. And the bricks were listening as Paul wrote, as Paul, the words of Paul were, uh, were read about the stones. He says, true, they were once strangers. Remember that at one time you were separate from Christ, without hope and without God in the world. Being without hope. 
is the most miserable of things. Have you ever been in a situation where you seemingly were without hope because of where you were or who you were? I've only had a tiny little taste of what it was kind of like to be with, uh, uh, out hoping separate from this country that we live in. And that was on my one overseas trip to Israel. Uh, another man and I went there, took me there, and um, it was great. It was wonderful. It was marvelous. Every day saw these, these, these places where Jesus had walked and talked and, and did his miracles and all this sort of thing. And then we had to leave on an early Sunday morning. And there's only a couple of us there. And for some reason, they separated us. And then the people that check you through the lines and things started interrogating me. What's in that bag? Tell me exactly what's in that bag. I said, well, you can open it. You, go on. They said, oh, you tell us. And then they say, where would you go? Where are you on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six? Where would you stay? Who would you talk to? And I, I, I couldn't think of anything. And then they went and talked in Hebrew and came back and asked me the same questions. At that time, I got this feeling in my gut as if you're at their mercy. You're not in the wonderful United States of America. Sure, you may have some rights there, but they can do what they want. I realize they weren't going to kill me or anything. But I hated that feeling, that feeling of hopelessness and helplessness. See, that's what it was for the Gentiles at one time. And that's what it was for us at one time. And that's where Satan would like to put us. But Jesus changed all that, right? Jesus changed that total separation. I felt like a rock in the brick world. Didn't fit. But Christ changed that, didn't he? Christ changed that and changed them because of the message. The message that Paul brought about Jesus Christ or other believers changed who they were, changed and gave them hope because they knew who Jesus was and they knew what Jesus did for them. No matter what they had done in their life, they knew they had a Savior who took away every single sin. And now that made them like it. Jesus made each of us members of the family of God. Consequently, you're no longer strangers, but members of his household. Again, you can almost hear the bricks say, uh, fine. So they're fellow believers. That doesn't mean they're the same as we are. Well, maybe we'll put up with them and tolerate them, but they can't be built into this same spiritual dwelling. Can't happen. Before we are too judgmental on the bricks, have you ever felt that way? Especially those of you who have been here a, a long time, you know, you establish members, and, and from time to time, we bring new members in. At 11, 15 service, we're going to do that. I mean, do you ever find yourself sitting there and say, well, gee, huh, they don't look like us. Uh, I, I don't, they don't talk like us either. They're different. Um, they might even like the, the German food we have at Potlucks. 
when we get together. Right? Be careful that we don't think we're a brick, right? Better than the stones. We're all the same. Blessed by God. Saved by Christ. All the same. Thanks to him. We are God's church. Built on a firm foundation. How can we be sure of this? Well, Paul goes on and talks some more. It is said a foundation is the most important part of a building. As a foundation goes, stands or falls, so goes the building. Listen to the foundation for God's spiritual building. It says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So that, that solid foundation, that solid base that, that the, the rocks and the bricks were going to be built on was not men. It was not the men who were the prophets or the men who were the apostles. It was the message that God had these men write down. From uh, Moses to Malachi. Soon uh, the, uh, the apostles, the writers of the New Testament would be added to that. That's that firm foundation. God's clear and certain word. That does not change, cannot be shaken, will always be there. We can always look to for encouragement and for comfort. That's the foundation. In those days, when they built a building, the most important part of that building, yeah, the foundation, but also that what they call the cornerstone. Because it's from that cornerstone that all the other lines of the building would, would, would have to line up and Paul says who that cornerstone is. He says, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So here we have the chief cornerstone. <laughs> and don't feel bad if some of you can't see all of me. If, as long as you're looking at Jesus, really that's all that's important anyway, right? Yeah. Um, see, Jesus is that perfect cornerstone. Straight. And true, he never sinned. I mean, there were no imperfections in it that uh, would somehow, under the stress of Satan's temptations or our sins placed upon him, that cause him to, to crack. Never. He never crumbled. He never broke. He never moved. Well, what he did do is he died. He died. Why? So that the stones and the bricks could all fit into this building, this spiritual building of all believers. He died to pay for our sins, every sin. No sin that hasn't been paid for. The, the sins that, that we inherited from our parents that sinful kind of condition, those that we added ourselves, those that we will add in the future, because we all will. Oh, they're, they're horrible to God. And they're all placed on this, on this cornerstone. Jesus paid for every one of them. Don't ever let Satan get you to think, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, he didn't pay for that one, or just because you did it again, that, no, now that, that God has limped. There is no limit. Christ paid for every sin that has ever been committed. 
Why? I mean, he chose these bricks, but why, why the rest of us? Paul tells us, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So Paul says all the building materials have been collected. How is it going to be put together? How is it going to hold together? Nails and, and, and screws, mortar and cement? No. In him, in Christ, the whole building is joined together. The nails that once held Jesus to the cross now will nail us together. You and me and every other believer, a part of this spiritual building for time and for eternity. The blood that dripped from his hands and his side and his head and his feet that paid for our sins, right? That, that will glue us to Jesus and glue us together so we can never be separate. How could this be? How could God connect us to Jesus? From his love. From that, that, that love that goes beyond all understanding. We know how he did it, though. In the late service, we're going to have examples of, of, of all three of these. One, right? He glued us through baptism to him. The water and the word that Jesus commanded. He assures us that we are still part of that when we come and kneel at the altar, right? And receive Christ's true body and blood that holds us together, that assures us of our sin, have been forgiven, that we have a place in heaven absolutely, positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Don't let Satan create doubt. And when he does, some leave. You don't... You're not a part of this building. And then he continues to glue us together by the words of the gospel. This wonderful message is what Jesus did for each and every single one of us. Well, there must have been something good in us bricks, huh? That, that he chose us and did these things to us. Not at all. It's all what's in God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not from ourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. We are a part of this priceless building, not because of anything in us or anything that we do, but because of God's mercy and his grace, that undeserved love. What a change because of that, right? We were rocks headed for the trash heap in hell. And now have been made a part of the family of believers. Resting on, connected to Christ Jesus himself. But dear friends, there are still rocks out there that are headed for that trash heap. And you know some of them. What are you going to do? Are you going to tell them about Jesus? 
or invite them to, to church service or a uh, Bible study, maybe a small group Bible study that's in your home that you start just specifically for that purpose of hoping that he will, she will come someday. Or maybe invite them to some fellowship event so at least they can come in contact and see who we are and where we are. And maybe from that, they become interested and we can share with them what Jesus has done for them also. There still is time. We don't know how much time. There still is time. And what a thrill it will be if God gives us a part of bringing another stone to be a part of this final structure. In him, Christ, the whole building, rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. What an amazing God that he includes people like you and like me. People from every tribe and every nation and every language and every people to be a part of his holy temple, including you and me. How about now? You ready? We are. We are. We are. For time and eternity, thanks to Jesus. Amen.